Hi, this is Chef Art Smith, and you're listening to the Yummy Nation Network. Hi, this is Neelu Motamid, the new editor of Food & Wine, and you're listening to the Yummy Nation Network. And welcome back to the Yummy Nation Network. We are back live, yumminationcom forward slash podcast for all the episodes of the show. Every week we bring the stars of the food world, industry leaders, great influencers out there, and some of the stories, topics, and trends as far as the food scene that are going on. Yes, and today is no different. We've got some great guests on today. We've got Sean Timberlake from Punk Domestics, and he talks all about... (laughs) He talks all about (laughs) preservation. He is the preservation expert for About.com and, of course, Punk Domestics and SeanTimberlake.com. And he is going to talk about all the ways that we have known about and some of the ways that we are learning about when it comes to preserving food. You think this wouldn't be something that everybody should know, but it is. It's hot, hot, hot right now. Everybody is interested in how to preserve their food, canning and pickling and charcuterie and preserving and all sorts of things. And and Sean tells us all about the state of preserving your food. Everybody loves comfort food, and Art Smith is really what I have always considered our comfort guest. So we are going to take some time with Art and talk about all of the different things that he is involved with, whether it's new restaurants here in the Chicago area, whether it's new restaurants at Disney World, whether it's his efforts to bring people together through food, whether it's kids with common threads, or whether it's all around the world as part of the State Department Chef Corps. It's great to talk with the one and only Art Smith. He is. This is a, a great interview. He talks about all of his adventures, as he calls them, and you know he looks at his career as such an adventure. And talks about Oprah. He talks about his fried chicken and his hummingbird cake and all of his new ventures that he's got going and the Blue Door Restaurant that he has here in Chicago. Good stuff. It's good stuff all around, including good stuff that we have every week with Jen Campus and the Big Bite Book Review. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great show. Yummy Nation Network coming up. When you travel, where to stay is a big decision. And when you need five-star accommodations in amazing locations all across America, consider Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts. When we travel to top food cities and events, Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts are our first choice. With the rooms and amenities we need and always fantastic restaurants and chefs on site located in the heart of it all, go to www.fourseasons.com for more information and to book your next stay. That's FourSeasons.com. So you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? What's been most exciting for me in the past few years, about maybe three years especially, is the rise of fermentation, fermented foods. I mean, it has been absolutely huge, and I feel like that was something that was very nearly lost. So seeing that come back is very exciting, I think. Well, come on and let me know. Hi, this is Sean Timberlake with Punk Domestic, and you're listening to the Yummy Nation Network. Should I stay or should I go now? And we are back live here on the Yummy Nation Network podcast. It is Daniel. It is Beth Peterson. Go to that site, Yummy Nation. 
facebook.com forward slash podcast. And Beth, uh, every week we're going to try to focus and highlight maybe one or two influencers that are out there in the world, whether it's coast to coast, and the different ways that they're impacting the food community, getting out great information, sharing their stories, and basically entertaining food fans. Yes, indeed. And we have somebody on the call right now, um, Sean Timberlake, who is a food preservation expert. He has a website called Punk Domestics, which is awesome. You guys have to check out. It's got so much information on um, preservation and canning and pickling and charcuterie and all different things that you can do to preserve your food in a really yummy way. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And you were just telling us before like we got onto the call about your um, expertise that you're sharing with people on About.com, right? That's right. I've been the food preservation expert for About.com for a couple of years now. And that's just you know more of the same. Uh, Punk Domestics is really a community site, so a lot of the content that you'll see on that points out to other bloggers, experts, influencers in the food preservation and DIY space. And right. the About.com channel is all me. And so and people can contribute to Punk Domestics, right? They can um, submit something to you. And then if it's something that really makes sense and you think that your audience will enjoy, you will post it there. That's correct. Yeah, when you contribute, you add a, an image, a headline, a link, and a quick description. And then I moderate. And if I feel that it fits the intent of the site, it goes live on the site. Awesome. So, like, and tell tell me how you got started. You've been doing this for a long time. I know you are a veteran in this area as far as blogging is concerned and as far as uh, preservation of food is concerned. That's true. I started my personal blog, which is about 60% food, <laughs> on yeah. SeanTimberlake.com 10 years ago uh, in February. So back then, ten years—that you know, is a long time to be a blogger. It's also a long time yeah. to preserve food. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can I, do I, it. <laughs> I only got into food preservation during that process. A couple of years in, I sort of—I did not grow up with canning or anything as part of my heritage, but my my husband did. So when I sort of discovered it, I became really fascinated with it and just like dug deep, and I just keep going. And going and going. There's a lot to end. it. I mean, it, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of different ways to take it as well, right? Indeed, absolutely. I learn something new every day. Well, some of the things that you're doing are kind of historical things that people have done throughout the ages. Now, are, are you surprised or are you excited when you're able to kind of introduce some of these techniques? As I remember, as a little kid, I was a hostile witness. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't excited about being in the basement all day canning, but I have done it. But are you excited to bring some of these techniques to people that um, are unaware of them? You know, what's been most exciting for me in the past few years, about maybe three years especially, is the rise of fermentation, fermented foods. I mean, it has been absolutely huge. And I feel like that was something that was very nearly lost. People weren't doing that, like, you know, the kombucha and things like that. Sure, kimchi in Korean food is always there, but it's not something that was prevalent in American cuisine until very recently, I right. feel. So seeing that come back is very exciting, I think. Yeah, it is exciting. I mean, mostly what's been happening is people are being introduced to foods from around the world, too, through this, you know, preservation um, kind of movement. And do you feel like it's really a movement? Has it is it sort of evolved over the last maybe seven or eight years where it's become sort of more elevated to more of the public? Definitely. Uh Part of that is because there have been mentions made in the paleo community and some other big food trend communities like that that's been fueling this. 
But I think it's also really sparked a great deal of creativity. I mean, uh, people are contributing stuff to my site where they're doing these fermented foods with all different kinds of things and experimenting with flavors. So it's it's great that it's allowing people to really branch out and uh, try new and exciting things. So I'm curious, as a guy who is, you know, you're there at uh, at about.com answering things, you're the preservation specialist, you know, and this is just your wheelhouse. There were things that were kind of in that team photo of, of stuff that was done that maybe you had fallen by the wayside historically as far as the public consciousness, you're bringing it back. But as you travel, and, and Beth had mentioned foods from around the world, are you being introduced to some new and interesting, maybe even quote-unquote strange preservation techniques that you're like, whoa, I didn't know we could do that or people did that that now you're sharing? Oh, absolutely. And on every front, uh, interestingly, I also bring groups to Italy on culinary tours. It's all very DIY. Yeah, I saw that on your site. I was like very interested in that part of your site. (laughs) I need to to ask a lot more questions about that trip. That looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, one of the things that we do is work with a local preserver there. And so the recipes that she brings to the classes are very interesting. Uh, We go in the fall and there's a classic preserve in, this is in Emilia-Romagna, which is sort of the northeast of the country. They make one called Sabor, which is made with quince and pears and apples plus nuts and saba, which is the reduced grape juice that is the base for balsamic vinegar. Mm. And it's this really rich, dense conserve. It's wonderful with sharp cheeses. Sounds great. So tell us more about that that trip to Italy and, and how many people do you have come and you know, what is the content of the of the trip? Sure. Yeah, I tend to run with small groups. Uh, the two trips that I've done so far have only had seven people, and that's pretty optimal. I'd like to keep it somewhere between six and ten people because I feel like you get a more intimate experience. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets to be hands-on. It's more interactive. Uh, a lot of the trip is in the kitchen. We, we make hand-rolled pasta with little old ladies who have been doing it, you know, forever uh we do the preserve thing we make piadina which is the local flatbread Mm -hmm. and uh last year we had a very exciting day one day we were scheduled to go foraging for porcini mushrooms up in the apennine mountains Mm -hmm. which sounded great but upon arrival my local guide was like uh the porcini weren't really happening this year but don't worry don't worry and the day of we went up to this charming town as there are many of in Italy, met our forager, went out and went truffle hunting instead and found tons, including four huge white truffles. Wow. It was the most exhilarating experience. <laughs> wow. Okay. How, so how does do you... that wait a minute? How, how does that work? I'm sure you make them sign a waiver form that if they find a priceless truffle during the vacation that it is the it is the property of, of the entity, right? <laughs> well, so actually this uh, this area where we go foraging, it's a private preserve and only four people have license to forage there. So our forager and his father and then another father and son team are the four people who are allowed to to forage there. So we couldn't go back and do it on our own without risking penalty. And then uh, we just actually ate everything in their restaurant that day. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Okay, I want to know how one goes about doing research for a trip like this. It sounds like it must be arduous and horrible to have to research a trip like that. Well, I have people on the inside. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking, okay, Sean's saying, you know, I want to do a trip like this. Um, I think I need to go to Italy, and i got to figure it out. And that's, it, it sounds like that's not a bad job if you can get it. Sure. Well, I wish I could take all the credit for the research, but I have a friend who's from that area who lives here in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, and she's the one who I've been collaborating with for a few years on it. So she knows all the different players over there. And so she laid out a bunch of options, and we sort of cherry-picked the things that I thought would make the most sense for my community. 
Great. Uh, well, I, need, I I think I need to go on one of these trips with you. It sounds They're a ton fabulous. of fun. <laughs> bring, bring your, your truffle I'll apron. be truffle ready. With I will po- be truffle ready for the, sure. With the pockets. <laughs> so, Sean, as people enjoy what it is that you do and get information from about.com on all things preservation and, of course, enjoy some of the things that you're doing on the travel side and the culinary exploration as well, give some information how people can keep up with you and enjoy what you're doing on a regular basis. Absolutely. So uh, Punk Domestics is simply punkdomestics.com, and also that same handle for for Twitter, for Instagram, for and the Facebook page, everything, you know, at or slash Punk Domestics. Me, personally, I'm seantimberlake.com, and uh, my blog, Hedonia, also ends up being my handle on a variety of things. So on Twitter, I'm Hedonia, but on Instagram, I'm Sean Timberlake. So at Hedonia on Twitter, Punk Domestic in other uh, in other areas, and of course, SeanTimberlake.com, where you can probably have a collection of all of those links. It's exciting stuff. You know, the things that you're doing there is it's one of those it takes a village things. It wouldn't be the thing that come to mind first, but it is very interesting things and certainly stuff that we can all be excited about and interested in. Exactly right, yeah. Sean, thanks so much for being on with us today. Thank you, Beth. Hi, this is Maria Sharapova, and you're listening to the Yummy Nation Network. We are back on the Yummy Nation Network podcast. Of course, go to Yummy Nation Network forward slash podcast. And one of our favorite segments every week is we talk with Yummy Nation's very own Jen Campus with her Big Bite book review. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Welcome, Glad Jen. It is our favorite because we never know. It's so it's always so diverse. We never know what the book is going to be. We have no idea right now. I have no We're idea. We're going to be completely surprised and shocked. And, uh, well, I don't want shocked. Well, right, maybe not shocked. <laughs> Pleasantly amused. Um, uh, could, yes, could be like befuddled, maybe uh, mystified. Well, mystified. I think mystified, maybe pleasantly befuddled, is a good one too. <laughs> so, Jen, what are you laying on us? You guys are having. First of all, you guys are having way too much fun today. I hope you paid your fun tax. <laughs> there are no fun police here. We we made sure of it. I'm glad. <laughs> Does, do any of you watch the TV show Portlandia? Um, we know millions of people yes, that aren't us that, do. That do. <laughs> okay, so there was this really fun episode called, like, they were making fun of everything that you can, you can pickle that. You can pickle that. Yeah. You can pickle that. So today, I'm going to bring you the joy of pickling. We have, this is great, because we kind of have a little bit of a theme going on on the show today, because we had a preservation specialist on today. Jet, pickling's hot right now, so this is good that you're bringing in, you're stoking the flames of the pickling world. I think kimchi, I think. That's awesome. um, I don't know what else. A lot of pickled things. Pickles are good. I mean. Pickles are good. I love pickles. You guys, oh my gosh. My nickname when I was a kid was Pickles. I Whoa, I'm 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 dishing this, is, this right now on the, the Yummy Nation Network. I completely forgot. Is until this what you we just call a breakthrough? It's a breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> I loved pickles. I don't love them as much now that I'm older. I don't know why, but when I was a kid, I absolutely loved pickles so much so that people called me pickles. I love and it. I love to drink the pickle juice the yeah. whole bit. I it loved was, it. That's long before Pickles Peterson would have sounded so good. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. gosh. What have I gotten myself into now? All right. So so in the book, there's probably no mention of Beth and her love or past love for pickles. But but what what is in the book? 
Well, what's in the book is some really great recipes. So, you know, there's like the traditional recipes in this book, which is great. You know, every year I kind of make her bread and butter pickles, and she's got these awesome olive oil pickles and zucchini relish and all that kind of stuff. But she also has um, a lot of like ethnic recipes, too, like how different cultures make pickles. So she has like a whole section on um like Japanese pickle making, and she brings in like a lot of like Middle Eastern pickling uh, traditions. So, and of course, chutneys and things like that, which are more, you know, well known in sort of Indian and Indo Anglo cuisine. So, um, that's why I really like this book. There's a lot of pickling books out there, a lot of ones that give you, you know, sort of the basics, but this is my favorite, and it's actually my go-to pickling book for the summer because there's always the traditional stuff, and then there's always new recipes that I kind of want to try every year. Okay, so like the seven-year-old pickle lover in me, mm-hmm. you know, likes the traditional pickle, but now the, you know, more mature adult pickling lover in me, this sounds like a fantastic book Yeah, to I think it's really good. Delve like, into. Yeah, she's got, and she's got different methods, too. So she's got, you know, the the vinegar pickling, which a lot of people are familiar with that like to can and stuff. And then she also has, you know, lacto-fermented pickles and sauerkraut and kimchi and those kind of things that we were just talking about in the beginning of the segment that probably was discussed by your preservation expert yes, that you we, had on. Yes, we did. We talked a bit about um, about kimchi. I, I've become a big kimchi lover. And, you know, it's just been over the past maybe seven, eight years that sort of pickling and, I mean, I know it's been around forever and ever, but it seems to be at a kind of a fever pitch right now. People mm-hmm. are absolutely interested in how to do this kind of back to the basics, but then kind of bringing in uh, techniques from around the world. And it sounds like in this book is, you know, some of the things that she helps people kind of get to. Yeah. And then she also at the very end has a whole section on, you know, pickled eggs and meat and fish dishes, which I sort of have yet to delve into, but really would love to try my hand at making gravlocks and, you know, golden pickled eggs that uses turmeric and, you know, stuff like that. So that might be my experiment for this summer is to try to do some of those recipes. Well, it's one thing to love the flavors and appreciate them. And I, and I think as we get out and try more diverse dishes from different cultures, but it's a whole nother world to kind of go ahead and try to make them yourself. Yeah, and I think it's really fun. It's just like a way to be creative and to learn sort of time-honored techniques that have been around for a very long time, whether it's, you know, the lacto-fermentation thing, which has been around for thousands of years, or just, you know, the pickling, which has been around, you know, probably a couple hundred years. So the pickled egg has quite uh, a history in bars. Did you have, have you guys ever seen those before where you see the big jar of pickled eggs on a bar? I don't. Dane, come on! I know you have. Well, um, actually, yeah, I, it's like a big giant glass jar, right? Yes. Filled with this, like a science project, right. basically. Right. So the Koreans, they have the kimchi, and we in Chicago, we've got the pickled egg on a bar. Sounds like a plant. <laughs> it's a good snack. It's, it sounds like something for for maybe one of your previous, like the medicinal herbs yeah. uh, from one of your uh, mm-hmm. uh, other uh, book mm-hmm. reviews. 
Well, so, so Jen, I think it sounds great. It is the, one of those ways, because it's one thing to want to do things, get back to basics, want to make things, want to can things, want to pickle things. It's another to have the information to be able to do it not only the right way, right, the safe way, mm-hmm. but also to be able to make something that you can actually enjoy instead of just going through all of that work to make something kind of terrible like we did with craft beer 20 years ago. Yeah. So now you have all that information. So before we let you go, give us the, the author again, the book title, and where we can get it. The book is The Joy of Pickling by Linda Ziedrich, and um, that this book, I believe, I might have gotten this book at at a tag sale. So, um, but I know that it's still in print. So, I would just check out all your, you know, wherever you normally go to buy Probably books. Probably Amazon, right? Yeah, Amazon. Yeah. I'm sure I did, has it. I didn't want to say like there's a cardboard bin near the exit at the Walmart <laughs> in Vermont. That's where you yeah. get it. No, no, no. It's it's the current book. So that sounds great. Thanks so much. I encourage people to get out there, read those books. Encourage people to go back to the Yummy Nation Network forward slash podcast and listen to all of Jen's Big Bite reviews. And until next week, Jen, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Jen. Perch, just your average kitchen and appliance store, not even close. Dane Neal here, host at Yummy Nation Network. At Perch, experience the world's most admired appliances, decorative plumbing and outdoor brands hooked up alive and performing like they would in your own home. Your journey of inspiration can begin before you enter our doors at www.perch.com. Explore items you've always dreamed about. Discover new ones you never knew existed. Then visit a Perch showroom closest to you and have some fun. Rest assured, Perch has the best prices guaranteed, the most comprehensive warranty and installation done right. From start to awe-inspiring finish, Perch helps you create the backdrop to life's most important moments. Welcome to Perch, www.perch.com. Perch is the official sponsor of the Yummy Nation Tour. Are you an influencer interested in being included in the Yummy Nation Tour? Then email us at info at yumminationcom I think as long as we live in a world that's ever-changing and not constant, people will always seek comfort, whether it's in food, or it's in finding that special place where they can be quiet. It's never going to go out of style. It's never going to leave us. Hi, this is Chef Art Smith, and you're listening to the Yummy Nation Network. For the Yummy Nation, along with Beth Peterson here, and on the line with us now, we've got one of America's most beloved chefs, one of Chicago's very own, although he is the world. You know, we kind of take him for our own as well. You love him on television, on books, and of course, all the things that he does here in Chicago with his restaurants and uh, the new Blue Door as well. His chicken, uh, the the cake, the and all the things he does on the civil rights front. It is the one and only Chef Art Smith. Art, welcome to the show. Oh, good, good afternoon. How are y'all doing? I'm telling you, you can tell that Southern is kind of coming out since I've been spending time back home. <laughs> I love it. I just heard Dane say something in the middle of that introduction. I heard him say cake, and I think <laughs> we're about to talk about that hummingbird cake of yours, which uh, I have an addiction to. I love it so much. It's yeah, so good. Yeah, it, it, is, it is delicious. And I tell you, at the end of the day, those, the, my tombstone going grave, he was a great chicken fryer and a great hummingbird cake maker. Um, <laughs> it continues to, to really excel and to please people i mean we just um just opened at walt disney world and um at the new chef art since homecoming 
and um, it's on the menu, and I can tell you something. It is flying out the door, honey. I'm, I'm sure. You, I mean, six, eight hundred covers a night, and people loving it. Oh. I'm, I, I'm I, so happy. You know, you know. I tell you, I, the mouse wore me out, and um, <laughs> so I came for a, a little short sabbatical to open my. You know, Chicago will always be home, and it will always be this place where you know I'll find peace. You know, everything started here. Even though I grew up in the South, I mean, this is where my career started and really started. You know, you know, from that fable day I was cooking at Williams Sonoma, and then I got introduced to all of Chicago, just doing cooking lessons to you know meeting Oprah and and everything. But it's always been this place where I found love and. And respect, and you know, it's just something. It's a place where, you know, Jesus um, started our family. You know, everything we've done from working with creating common threads to doing, you know, back party barbecues with Chef Ray Villalobos, the executive chef of Blue Door Kitchen. Um, I was telling him last night. I said, "Honey, we have come a long way from the day when I met you at the Printers Road Book Fair." And I saw this amazing kid just running around all the place. I'm like, I need his energy, so you must come work for me. And um, he's now been with me like 12 years. And he has, you know, under um, my guidance and Fred Lasko's checkbook, we have created a gorgeous, gorgeous um, reinvention of a place that has been beloved even before Table 52, I mean, when it was Albert. So, you know, that... You know, when I said to Fred, um, after he bought Oprah Winter's Farm, I said, and he told me what he owned, I said, well, you know, that little place of yours needs to be a charming little restaurant. And um, this neighborhood needs it. Chicago needs it. And that's what he did. And, it, and you know, they worked together. And, I mean, I call him the, the male Martha Stewart. He, I mean, he is so detailed about things being beautiful and together um, creating this gorgeous space that um you know there you know there are probably there are people who remember table but i have to tell you i don't think i don't think anybody looks good in um in canary yellow or what that or that vanilla i mean it was i loved it but i i i, I believe now the blue makes someone just it's soothing i don't know what it is i i enjoy it more and the kitchen now is in the dining room it's not hidden behind a wall oh, fun um, uh you know the the oven is now going to be in the garden because um we just we needed to put in a real bar. You know, I I've changed a lot when I opened that first restaurant. You keep in mind, I came from working in private residence where the bar was usually kept, you know, in the back, and you made a drink and you brought it to people. But and that's kind of how I had this kind of idea that you know you were coming to my table and trying to really really um, focus on making it that home setting. And because um, I said to Ray, I said you know we usually you know if if I was on right about my numbers, we would serve about 60 to 70, 80 people here at my house. And Ray could pull it out of a hat. Like I mean, he was just, he's incredible. And um, so I said, you know, it's, it's just, we just change in zip codes. It's, it's going to be the same. And Lord have mercy. Well, has there, have, have we changed zip codes and changed them? It's, it's been a, a tremendous adventure. And what's been great about it is the fact that not only having Chef Ray and great partners is that we've been able to continue to love and you know again you know the greatest lesson in life is reinventing yourself and never coming to a place where you're like okay what's next the reality is if you reinvent yourself you never ever question your existence the reality is we always have the ability and and the really the the strength to change 
and change is good. And to look at what you do in a different light, for me, I looked at what we did. I loved it. It was comforting. It was it was very emotional for me. But I wanted something that was more approachable, more affordable. I wanted people to be able to come in, have a drink, have a sandwich, have a burger, have something, just a little simple something, sit out on the patio and just enjoy it and not feel like they had to have course upon course of food because no one eats like that anymore. <laughs> and also, I love a place that's always open. I mean, we, we're not doing breakfast yet, but we will. But we, we have, you know, wonderful lunch in this beautiful, charming little space, you know, with beautiful marble top tables. I'm, I'm over linens. There's too much chemicals in them. And the fact is, it's just wasteful and, and you don't need it. I'm, I'm real pleased with it. Oh, well, it, it looks like a beautiful space. And I wanted to ask you, too, with so much, you know, success and, and so many blessings on the career side and the support side and people appreciating what you do. But, you know, you mentioned, you know, just like some of the biggest entertainers in the world, you know, when they go out there, even though they know the concert is sold out, they're still nervous. You know, they still got some butterflies. When you open a new place, do you ever do you have that kind of feeling like, I, I hope this will work? Always. I mean, I, I, you know, I bear my soul on my Facebook page, and I think you've seen it. I mean, I'm always doing that. And the reason I do it is the more transparent. I had a really wonderful coach, um, really wonderful trainer said to me, said, he said he was, he was like making me lift something too heavy. And I looked at him in my, one of my little special ways, and he said, now remember, the more authentic you are, the more people are going to love you. So you do that. So I, I have, you know, I don't let anything, like, you know, I don't hide anything. And, um, and it is, it is tough, and I do get butterflies, and I do get scared, and, you know, and then Jesus looks at me and said, do you think God would bring you this far and drop you? <laughs> so, you know, wake up. But, I mean, like, like today, um, I got up, it's so nice to just be here. I mean, I do miss my kids and all my pets and Jesus and at my house here in Kenwood, but, you know, when I'm, I'm just sitting here in my kitchen, which I've loved, and it's a, a wonderful, you know, monument to all my hard work at Oprah Winfrey. And I'm hearing the sound of children playing in the background and coming to school, which I love. Um, and I'm just chilling. And, you know, this morning I'm chilling, and, and I hadn't done nothing. And I'm just kind of sitting, and then I hear the weed whacker. I'm like, what is that weed whacker doing? <laughs> I run out like half naked, and I run outside, don't get my bush, don't get my raspberries. <laughs> so I ran out, and I'm sure they're just thinking, it's that crazy chef think it's total. <laughs> and my raspberry bushes are full of the most gorgeous, beautiful raspberries. And if I had not heard that weed whacker and ran out there to, to check my bushes, I would have just forgotten about them and See. the birds would have got them. But it was like, you know, it was a God wink. It said, hey, Art, chill, go out. And I went out and I saw them. I started picking raspberries. I made myself a little, my art store, my little oatmeal breakfast. I made myself the most gigantic pool of cappuccino that I just sat and, and sipped in the garden and reflected. And um, and that's how I started my day. And, and I, I do think that, like, you know, in this evolution, you know, where you're going from one thing to other, because, you know, y'all, I mean, I get constant people say, are you taking care of yourself? Yeah. You know, I used to say, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at it, I used to say, well, there's enough of me, I ain't going to blow away. But, you know, <laughs> you know like, you know, they're afraid, you know, you're eating right. And, uh, you know, and, you know, by the time they ask those questions, you're already feeling stuff, you know what I mean? You're eating raspberries and oatmeal this morning. I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong I mean, with like, that. That sounds good. And, I, I am, and I'm grateful for the weed whacker. Yeah, I'm... You know, I'm, it, was, it was a vision. You should have seen it. I just run it out there. I'm just <laughs> naked in the yard, you know, like going, weed whacker do it. And, you know, because it is so funny. And one thing I've learned, and I, I told Sarah Zernich, who, um, I don't know, y'all know her, but she, 
you know, behind great people are, are other great people, and and uh, and they make they make me great. But Sari is an, is the management, and Sari's the one that does you know, <laughs> excuse the expression kicks butt. <laughs> it takes up her time. And she's and she's very upfront with me, like, okay, yes, no, whatever. But um, <laughs> she's telling you this is we you need this is what you need me, to she keeps me keeps you in line with everything. But you know, she was Chef Charlie Trailers, my beloved late friend's management for fourteen years, and I will tell you something. You know, after seeing what she did for him and all that huge success, and she made him world famous and traveled the world with him. I mean, yep. you know, I, I, I will never, I will never be the chef at Chef Charlie Trotter. But one thing I, I've tried to do very much is to emulate his passion. And then there's common threads, and it's amazing stuff that you're doing with the kids, and she's helping with all of that. It's one thing to you know want to do good things to to want to start a nonprofit, to, to share cooking, especially with, with kids, but it's not that easy. And she's helping with, uh, with all that. How did she help you kind of navigate and negotiate, you know, how to start common threads? The over cappuccino, she, sh- she demonstrated to me about what she had seen and read. And I said, listen, girl, you just run it for me. And I, and, and that's all it was. And her, mm-hmm. her husband, or she t- reminded me yesterday, he wasn't remotely any husband or boyfriend or whatever he was. I said, you, you, your boo said, <laughs> well, he, he was a lawyer and said it needs to be legal. I said, well, what does it mean? What's that mean? It says, well, either is it a business or a not-for-profit. He says, I said, a not-for-profit. I said, I don't want kids paying. And that's what he did. And he made it legal. And Linda runs the thing. And she told me yesterday, I get this. 13 years, honey child. I said, oh, my God. We 13 have a years. We actually had this wow. fabulous party. Absolutely. And, I mean, oh my God! And and I I can't believe it. And you know we we're now in Brooklyn, New York, and yeah, you know, Austin, right? Seven, Boston and seven cities. I mean, that little girl, the one that they said was too young, is like blown it out across the country. I she mean, made I'm it so happen. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, it's an it's an incredible organization what you guys are doing because it's not just giving people. It's it's teaching these kids how to cook. You can have ingredients in you know their local grocery store if, if they don't know how to use it and they don't know what it is right. and what it's about, how to make it and bring it into their home. You know people right. won't use it. So it's great to teach kids well, about the food of the world too. I saw the curriculum. I mean they're learning about all right. different food all over the world too. Part of the inspiration, not just not the fact that that it was Hastings's idea, but. He and I were sent to New York by Oprah after this horrible attacks in, in New York. And mm-hmm. we were there because Oprah sent us, and we wanted to be there. And I have to tell you, it was the most painful thing I've ever done. And I was cooking, and we came back just shell-shocked from it. Mm-hmm. And we and Jesus was painting, and I had written a book called Back Table, and I wanted to write a book about bringing the world to the table. And I wrote a, just this little bit of... Um, when you hear it, it sounds like just lyrics. I said, for our world is a quilt. It's people to fabric all joined together by common threads. And then Jesus wanted to, to, to do this cooking. And it, somehow or another, the universe opened up, and it was all. And then Linda came in the picture and, and organized it all. And, and to think that it's, we started just with a little garden, which still exists here in Kenwood Hyde Park down the street. Uh, and then we, and then I became Episcopalian overnight. <laughs> <laughs> so I can use their kitchen. Um, and you know, <laughs> honey, if you're gonna put out, put out for children. Whatever it takes. Uh, whatever it takes. Know, I, I was like, I became, I became Episcopalian overnight. And um, so we, 
we started this program in this little kitchen and and saying and I and I mean I, you know behind the humor is a lot of seriousness. I I and I'm very grateful to the park Chicago Park Service. I'm very grateful to the Episcopalian Church here and all these and and, I, and what I'm re- and something else that's amazing. Okay, we started with these few classes and we see the success of it. And Jesus and I, we were at a, a some birthday. I, um, I was with Fred and my partner, Lasko, and he. I think we were at something. It was someone's birthday. I can't remember about this time. And I sat. We sat with Maggie Daly, mm. who I just love, adored. And Maggie said to me, "Art, I think what you're doing is great, but more and more children should experience it." So why don't you just bring it right down to Gallery 37, and once you start there, because I think more children in Chicago, because she was all about children. I mean, she was all about actual matters and all the great things she was. I mean, I, I so miss her. And she, and it was her that inspired it to go national, because she said, you need to share this. And, you know, it's, I call these God wings. I mean, you know, it's, I, it's, it's up to us to pay attention. Because, you know, many times we don't have the answer, but the answer's right before us. I mean, you can tell Oprah had a big impact on me. Yeah. But I, I, I'm going to tell you something. You don't work for a woman eight years not, and it not rub off on you. Well, especially you know, Oprah. And, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. she's going to inspire just, you. Well, Chef, Maggie Daly was one of those, two that really was a force, you know, and really used what influence in the platform she had to bring things for children, but a really smart lady, too. And she knew that what you were doing as far as trying to bring people together through food and really imparted on children as well was something that as much as it resonated with people here in Chicago was a universal language for for the rest of the country. And I wanted to ask you, we've got a, you know, a number of friends, whether it's Ming Tsai or our mutual friend Duff, you know, as part of the State Department Chef Corps. Oh, I love him. And, and I think that is one of the most amazing programs. I hope that it will remain intact regardless of whatever happens in the political landscape because it is one of the truest things throughout the history of the world and, and humanity, right? Wherever you go, regardless of whatever differences you had, food can bring you together. And it's so exciting to have you great personalities in food out there as ambassadors leading the charge. Well, I, I have to tell you, I commend that wonderful program that was the, the idea of former Secretary um, Hillary Clinton. And I, I just really believe in that program it should be totally dissected from from any party. It, it it simply is this: we all know, as people, a little food makes everything feel and taste better. Okay, simply as that. And I have been in some sticky situations, and not and and I've helped other people in sticky situations get past it with a little food. I don't do a contract. I don't do nothing without a little food. And I'm telling you, it does make a difference. You know. You know, I just went to Azerbaijan with this with with State Department, and I took Jesus, and Jesus wanted to go. And this is a country that's wedged between Iran and Russia with Armenia and the It's just a just a very beautiful, interesting country with amazing history. And um, and I tell you something. I I mean, you know, I, I I you know I come from a place fried chicken takes no sides. Okay. And I and I do my best to stay bipartisan. And I just want, regardless of whatever's going on, I just want whomever it may be, just keep our country in line. Let's be be that beacon of light to the world. 
but it's just like, you know, I was, I'm coming from the airport, right in front of me is a Trump Tower, and I'm thinking, okay, okay, God, this, this, this is this fire or something? I'm like, this is, <laughs> 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 Jesus, <laughs> Jesus says, keep your eyes so, open. <laughs> you know, I just going to tell you something, you know, like, so, you know, like, okay, you know, you know, you go to Panama, you know, it's there too, I mean, He's everywhere. He is everywhere. Um, is, but, this a, um, is that a God wink of some kind, do you think? I don't know what it is. Well, I can tell you, you know, I, would have, I predicted the last election. I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Uh. I just put it this way. It's going to be, you know, we've had, you, we've had amazing reality shows in television. I want to tell you something. We've had some shows that made us cry, made us laugh, got us mad. You said, I, you've got to read that article in GQ about, Kim Kardashian West. Oh my God! I mean, you know, everyone has their opinion of her, but when you read that and you read and you read um, how she's, you know, the CEO of that family, when you see the genius there, I want to tell you something. She is a genius, but I want to tell you something. Donald Trump is a genius. Okay, he knows. He knows television. He knows media better than anybody. And America responds to that. And so we're, I, just, I think it's going to be very interesting, and I look forward to the entertainment. And I, I, I think I'm just going to have a big old right chicken takes those size party. As, as, a me, as a media situation, it is like the best. You couldn't write a more entertaining script for it. But people for the country are worried about, you know, all that entertainment might lead to some, some trouble. But who, who knows, right? It, it'll probably work out. Well, I have to tell you this. The world and all its drama, it'll just take their minds off of it. It's going to make the world laugh, scream, cry. I'm telling you, you, you and that's the best part about it is, is that it's so distracting. It is so distracting. And, um, I mean, we've got, we've got some really serious problems in our country. You know, I look at situations like I was um, at the restaurant in Florida last week, and this um, couple came in, and big fans, precious, and I didn't know they were married, but they were. And, you know, we, we sat down, and the first thing, I just wanted to feed them. Yeah. And I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm still profoundly touched by what's happened. And, uh, and, you know, I come from a family that are police officers, and I'm so – I feel the pain. And I, and I also feel the pain of people who've lost loved ones on the streets and stuff. I feel that. Okay, I lost a dear chef that had worked for us on the street. And, I, and I'm telling you, we you know, the killings have got to stop. And – you know, is it is a new administration gonna gonna stop that? I, I I'll be honest with you. I think it starts within our communities. I think that we cannot make great expectations on our government because the reality is it's like common threads was a grassroots effort. Right. Everything that we we dislike or or we want to change, we have to be the change. As a very amazing man, Mr. Gandhi said, right. if you want to want to see change, be the change. Right. Don't expect it unless you're willing to do it. And, and that's what we got to do. Well, I love and that you have you have done that with Common Threads for sure. That's something that I mean, we got to. Yeah, we got to. We just can't sit back and watch. And, and and we can do it in peace. Just like you know, I went to that wonderful smokeout over the weekend, that barbecue party, which I didn't think <laughs> yeah. I liked, but I just loved. It was oh my fun. god! I mean, I don't think none of those people like eat that stuff because they're all fabulously gorgeous and. <laughs> It was kind of the land of the beautiful people, wasn't it? It oh, was. Wasn't it? Oh my God! Could you believe that? I'm thinking UAB that that rib. No, 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 no. I don't see no rib from you. The oh, lines, God. the lines were a little bit short. I noticed that because I oh, think my that. Oh God! <laughs> we went, I served like six, seven thousand orders of fried chicken. I'm oh, did you? But you know, I met some police officers there, and I just walked right up to them and I shook their hands and I said, "Thank you for your service." That's um, awesome. You know. 
we cannot lose faith in our government. You know, this country is, is a great country, and we can do great things, but we have to be supportive of our government as well as our communities right. and, and not tear ourselves apart and not expect people to bail us out. Well, Chef, you have always been bringing people together, you know, whether it's, whether it's through the food, the fried chicken, the, the kids on the, on the teaching side as an ambassador on the culinary side for the, for the country itself, for marriage equality and all the things that you've done. And, and we've worked together on some of that stuff as well. So for, I wanted to ask you, well, we want to get all the information so people can follow all your adventures. And there are so many before we let you go, but I wanted to ask you, you bring up, you know, the fried chicken, you bring up the, the hummingbird cake that that may be on your tombstone. The Rolling Stones said the, I can't get no satisfaction. One of their biggest hits. People love to hear it. They need to hear it every time that they see them. Do you think it'll ever get to the point where even though these are your biggest hits, that you'll be like, oh, I don't want to make chicken again, but the people love it? Or is it something that you think you'll always love to do? I think as long as we live in a world that's ever-changing and not constant, people will always seek comfort, whether it's in food, where it's in finding that special place where they can be quiet. It's never going to go out of style. It's never going to leave us. And if it leaves us, God forbid, I don't want to be around. You know, I, I just think that, you know, we, I'm not saying that we use food as to comfort us, but we also must think why the food was created. It was as a vehicle to bring comfort to it, you know, to us. Um, I think that, like, you know, for me, again, you know, Oprah taught me, you know, I, I'm, more than, I'm more than this. I'm more than a chef. And, you know, Jesus always said that to me, you know, and... Um, I just think that, like, all of us are more than what we think we are, and we have to do our best to discover that. You know, I think that, um, you know, restaurants will come and go, you know, but people will never forget, you know, how you treat them, you know, and, and I think it's important to treat people with love and respect. You know, I come from a very, you know, rural part of the country that I adore, that I'm trying to save, but I'm, you know, I'm not forsaking Chicago. It'll always be my home. But it's just, you know, it was my belief that, you know, people in rural America need to be loved and watched over and taken care of because I think they feel somewhat abandoned. And we need to be there for them and help them because poverty runs rampant in rural America. I think that, you know, there's so much that we can do. And, and it's, not, it's not about money. And yes, it takes money. But it's just about just giving yourself and just, you know, acts of kindness and stuff and you know, like, again, you know, I, I'm grateful that I have people like my partners to create a wonderful place like Food Art Farm Kitchen and Garden because it enables me to have, it's my pulpit, you know, and um, yes. I find it less and less I have to tell people what I'm about because they know it. And thanks to y'all, y'all got it out there. Because I've always said, you know, you eat this fried chicken, but there's more to this fried chicken. Yeah. You've been so, you know, inspirational. You do give so much. And it's so wonderful to have you have a platform where you can, uh, you know, talk about all these things and help bring things to light and help people like with common threads. And, of course, make us all really, really happy with your fried chicken and hummingbird cake. We're really grateful for that. And as you become... All of the things that you can become, it's great for, you know, your fans, uh, listeners, and everyone, you know, all of us to kind of share that journey with you and experience those things along with you as you do them. For those people want to keep up with you and all of the things that you're doing, if you could share some of the social media places yes, people sir. can keep up with you. Um, you know, they can reach me on Twitter, um, at Chef Art Smith. They can reach me on Instagram, the Chef Art Smith. 
Facebook is a tough one, but I but you know I I can get you on there. It's under Charles Arthur Smith, um, Art Smith, you, and usually I've got some funny cute pictures somewhere on there. But um, <laughs> I look forward and I thank everyone for you know being supportive and I, I, you know big adventure and and I'm grateful mm-hmm. to Chicago and all the people here and and I walk all the Blue Door kitchen you know while i'm here i'm here for another two days love to see you it's a great restaurant with a great heart and a beautiful chef ray villalobos who's working his butt off to make sure it's perfect and can't wait if to i see could it. only have more of him I, i'd be even more happier that's i i need i need more generals well, well chicago is grateful we are grateful thanks so much for everything that you're doing and thanks for being on the show today thank y'all thank you Bye-bye. so much my so- pleasure This is Jim Ryan, National Ambassador to Hendrix Chin, and you're listening to the Yummy Nation Network. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. And we are back on the Yummy Nation Network podcast again. YummyNation.com forward slash podcast. Not only to hear this again, because you know you're going to want to, and then all of the episodes, segments, features, guests that we have had over the last few weeks with the Yummy Nation Network. We want to thank all the people who listen. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to Bill Carambellis and thanks to 1871 for being our podcast home for most of the time when we are here in Chicago. So again, go to yumminationcom forward slash podcast to learn all about the podcast and all the great shows. And uh, thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Dane Neal and, and Beth Peterson. Keep it yummy. No matter what you say, 